0: Welcome and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message.
1: Well, uh, we're gonna dive right in. Um, Some of you are new, don't kind of know any of my story, but uh, this is the first kind of Christmas Eve message I've I've ever taught. And I've always told myself that if I get to do one, a Christmas Eve message, I wanna tell the story of why this time of year is so significant for me. And so um, when I was 15, uh, my dad basically came in one night and said, hey, uh, I'm leaving. And he left and over the next couple of months, he left forever and I never saw him again. And that relationship was never uh, reconciled. And so when that happens, I had a, a mom that didn't work. And so she had to go find a job. And then when it came Christmas time, we were like, okay, here's the revenue that's coming in. And I remember sitting down at the age of 15 with my mom and doing this with her. Here's the revenue coming in and here's the expenses that we have right here. And it was really hard for my mom because she loves Christmas. And so we weren't sure kind of how that was going to happen. And one of the reasons this time of year is so impactful for me because a few days before Christmas, maybe a week or a week and a half, I walked into uh, our living room where the Christmas tree was and I saw an envelope. And I went to my sister and I said, hey, is that for you? Or did you put that there? And I went to my mom, is that for you? Or did you put that there? And they asked me the same thing and I'm like, no. And so I did what any, what any 15-year-old high school kid would do. I went and grabbed that envelope and went to the bathroom and locked the doors. Because I wanted to know what was in that envelope before Christmas. And I opened it up and there's $500 in that, in that envelope. We had no idea where it came from. The next year, things were still tight in the struggle, $500 on our Christmas tree. The next year, $500 on our Christmas tree. And I didn't find out till this year who put it there. I'll tell you the rest of that story in a minute, okay? But it's one of the reasons that I have hope around Christmas, that then it was hope and this money kind of rescued us, but it transitioned into a hope as I became a Christian during that season and the hope of this Jesus Christ, this baby that was born in a manger became the hope for my life. And it was so significant for me. And then last year about this time, I was uh, talking with my daughters and one of my girls just said, hey, dad, have you heard uh, Mark Lowry's song, uh, Mary, Did You Know? And I was like, yeah, I- I'm familiar with it but she said, hey, have you heard the pentatonics version? And I'm like, no, all of you were shaking your heads like, well, where have you been, <laughs> right? And, and so I listened to it and I, I fell in love with the melody and the music, but I went and Googled the lyrics and it was like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. And so I've really been on kind of a one year study, periodically jumping in, so curious about what did Mary know? Okay, before she had Jesus, what did she know? So we're gonna ask you to participate a little bit today, and I want you to put on some Mary lenses, okay? And these Mary lenses you're gonna put on, not for the purpose of highlighting Mary, but for the purpose of their magnifying glasses, for the purpose of magnifying who Jesus Christ is, through the lenses of Mary. And so I just wanna be really clear. We don't think in our tradition that, that Mary has any sense of deity or she's divine. But as I studied some of the things that I was studying to get ready, I'm like, which I'd really never jumped into deeply before. I'm like, that that is a young lady that's worthy to be imitated. Like what you learn about her when you read the scriptures is really Significant, and so I want you to put your Mary glasses on today, and we're going to look at some passages kind of from her from her shoes. And so, what do you think Mary knew? And so she was. Some people say as young as thirteen or fourteen when she had Jesus, but she was a young teenage girl. But we know that she was a good Jewish girl because the angel said she's a favored one, that she's found favor in God's sight. So my hunch is she knew. Some of the Old Testament passages, so I bet she knew Isaiah 7:14 that just says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, but means God with us. And my hunch is she was hopeful for that Emmanuel coming to earth. I bet she knew Micah 5.2 that just says, but but as for you, Bethlehem, which is this little no-name community, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And I bet she knew that passage and she knew that someone was gonna come of a virgin and was gonna be an eternal figure that had been around since long And I bet she knew Jeremiah 23, five. It says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will raise up for David a righteous branch and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. So that's that's a verse that Mary probably knew but she didn't know that nobody believed in those days who were Jewish that there was a king coming from David's line because everybody thought David's line was done. With kings, and so I bet she knew those things, and she was pondering and treasuring those things at the age of fourteen or fifteen as a Jewish a young Jewish girl, and then everything started to change. Put yourself in Mary's shoes, and look at what happens. In Luke chapter one, it says, "Now in the sixth month, the angel." Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin. Sound familiar? Engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. Sound familiar? Don't forget, those Old Testament passages I read were 700 years before this is taking place. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Sounds familiar. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And so later on, Mary has Jesus. And the Gospels talk about her pondering and treasuring these things in her hearts. And then the shepherds show up on the scene in Luke 2. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And so the shepherds had run to the manger and you know they told Mary what had just happened. This angelic chorus had appeared to them and let them know. So if you're Mary, are you freaked out a little? We have kind of this glazed over look at Mary and she was awesome, but I'm like, what in the world is happening here? And so on the the eighth day, she goes into the temple and Simeon who was working in the temple just said, Jesus will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. We know that later on the wise men came and presented gold and frankincense and myrrh and those were symbolic of kingship. They were also symbolic of burial and death. And so Mary continues to treasure these things in her heart. And after she visits Elizabeth, she breaks out in her own song that tells us even more of what she knew. And so Mary treasured these things in her heart. But then things began to change a little bit. She began to watch the life of Jesus. And for 33 more years, she watched what was happening in his life. And some of us know some of the stories. But what I wanna do is I wanna play in my song that's been impactful uh, for me this year to remind you who Jesus was and what he did on this earth for those 33 years and what he did for you. And I would just encourage you to pay attention to the lyrics because Mary knew a ton beforehand. But as she watched her son, she began to understand the fullness of who Jesus was.
0: Did you know that your baby boy That your baby boy would
1: one day rule the nation. Do you know that your baby boy is heaven's
0: perfect love?
1: Catch some of those lines. He's the one who calmed the storm with his hands. He had walked where angels trod. The blind will see, the dead will hear, the dead will live again. He's Lord of all creation, will one day rule the nations. He's heaven's perfect lamb. That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. And so what Jesus did was born, lived his life as he very simply proved, okay, that he was the son of God. That he was God in human flesh that was sent to walk on this earth and he established his power over nature and evil and Satan and even death. And so Mary kept pondering these things and treasuring these things in her heart as he walked his 33 years on this earth. And so what I want to ask you is, what do you, what do you know about this Jesus? And what are you done with what you know about this Jesus? Because here's the thing. This is crazy. We have talked about a virgin birth. We've talked about God walking on earth. We have talked about angels, choruses of angels appearing in the heavenlies. That's crazy, right? That's crazy, unless it's true. And so the world, much of the world will tell us that we are crazy. But I want to tell you, a lot of folks in this room will tell you that it's true, and it's worth absolutely giving your life to, and so I know that when we're Together, there's all kinds of people in the room. And so I just want to talk, first of all, to maybe some people that are here that would fall into the skeptic category. And skeptic's not a bad word to me. I actually like that and respect those folks who kind of say they're skeptics, that they, hey, we want to find out if this is true. I want to test this out. And one of the things that's so important to understand is we read just three of those prophecies of the Old Testament about Jesus, There's 360 prophecies, okay, about the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus and things he said, and so far, every single one of them has come true. There are some that are yet to be fulfilled, but most of them have come true. And so a professor in California basically did a mathematical study of this, and he said, what are the chances that even eight of these prophecies, okay, could come true in, the, in one man, in one person. And he figured out that it was one in a hundred quadrillion. Anybody ever heard that number before? I haven't. It's not likely to happen. Just, just eight of all of those prophecies. And so Jesus, when he was here, fulfilling those prophecies is proof that he was a human figure. And he was the God of the universe. And there's manuscript evidence that's overwhelming. There's archaeological evidence that is overwhelming that we're not crazy. That this man was the son of God that walked on this earth. And so he walked on this earth as God. And he spent 33 years here doing the things we just heard about in that song. And then he went to a cross. And he died on behalf of half of all the people that he loved who were on the earth. And so he just proved that he deserves to be worshipped by every human heart that's ever existed. That's what Jesus Christ deserves. Now, he doesn't get that. There's a lot of times he doesn't get that in my own heart. But that's what he deserves. Every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that's gonna happen one day. And so if you're a skeptic, I would just ask you to to go on a journey, if you would. The questions you have, the things you wanna know, would you just begin to ask questions? One of the things we love to do at City Bridge is to journey with you on those. Hey, let's talk about that. We're not afraid of questions here. And actually, we love to spend time talking about those things. And then there's, there's the seekers that are here. We've got skeptics, then we've got seekers. And seekers are folks who, hey, I, I know the information and I'm not sure that I wanna give my, give my life to it, right? I'm just kind of still kind of playing the game a little bit. And I just wanna remind you, John three sixteen just says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we skip over that first part for God so loved the world. And if you're here and you've got questions about the love of Jesus for you, Jesus answers that question. He loves you. And then King David in Psalm 103, two through five does a great job of explaining God's heart for his people. And it says this, it just says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And so David's reminding us, don't forget the things that God will do for you, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's what Jesus, that's what God wants to do in your life, and I will Tell you, I'm standing here as a guy that's walked with Christ for 40 years years, and certainly not perfectly, that this is true. That he will do these things in your life. There's hundreds of other people that are here that would stand up and testify to the same thing. That's what he does. And he will give you a joy and a peace and a freedom and a hope that maybe you've never had. We know on Christmas Eve, folks walk in here and everybody's happy and dressed up and all that kind of stuff. We we know there's hard things going on with our family at City Bridge and with the guests and friends that they brought. And I'm just telling you that Jesus is the answer to those things. He may not be a quick, immediate fix, but over the long term, he can set you free from the things that are holding you back and hindering you. And so I told you the Christmas tree story. The reason I, I have hope in this season was because the Lord's provision. And so this year, um, my, I was with one of the, the guys that was my age from um, a family, and we were talking and got reconnected. And then we said, Hey, let's get our families together. And so we got together. And so in the middle of that, that, that meal, I just looked across the table and I said, was, was that you guys? Did y'all put three years in a row $500 on our Christmas tree? And they kind of sheepishly put their head down and said, yeah, that, that was us. And i can I tell you what that did for my life? That gave me hope that God was paying attention, that he saw me, okay, and that he had us, even though the revenues and the expenses didn't make so I went with 40 years not knowing where that had come from until this past year. And it was so encouraging me. And so, so encouraging to me. So if you're a seeker, man, there's hope. I just want you to know in Christ. And then the last group of people that are here, we're going to call the saints. Skeptics, seekers, and saints. And that's anybody who right now calls themselves a Christ follower. And just a reminder on this Christmas Eve, what God's command to us is, is that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the reminder. This week, I got to hang out uh, with some friends at Reengage and Regen. And so if you're here and you don't know what that means, those are our, reco- our two big recovery ministries. We've got all kinds of other recovery ministries as well. But I got to teach at both of those places this last week. And I love teaching there because I'm with my people right and what I mean with that by that is everybody that's in that room has raised their hand and just said hey I'm broken I need help I cannot manage my life and I need a power that's bigger than me a supernatural power to help me manage my life and I love that group of people because they say what God wants every single one of us to say, because see, God's a holy God, we're a broken people, and that baby that was in a manger lived for 33 years and then died on a cross so he could put me back into a relationship with a righteous God. And so if you're here and you're still trying to white knuckle and solve the issues and things in your life on your own, I would just tell you, there's hope for you. If you're a Christ follower, God wants an intimate relationship, a personal relationship with you, and he wants to grow you, and he wants to transform you, even to a place that you look like his son, Jesus, the the scripture says. And then the last thing, Saint, that I wanna remind you of is uh, that we're supposed to take that good news to others. And so as I said, we know that there are folks that are in here that are hurting. There's your friends that aren't here, your family that aren't here that are hurting. And if you're a saint, if you're a Christ follower, you have something that the world needs. You have the answer to what ails your friends and family and anything else that's going on in their life. And so we have a responsibility to go tell it on the mountain as much as we can and as often as we can. It's our privilege and it's also our assignment to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about Mary treasuring and pondering these things in your heart. I hope that over these next few days as you ponder and treasure things in your mind, and your heart, that you'll give great consideration to the things that we have talked about this morning, the the scripture that has come true, the prophecy that's come true. If you're a skeptic to what God can do for you, if you're a seeker, and if you're a saint, to be re-reminded to love God and love others. And so we're going to give you just a, um, just a very live practical example right now. I'm going to bring up a friend of mine who, when she was a young child, found out a little bit of information about how Jesus was. And then as she grew, she found out more and more. And she's going to tell you her story. But she's a lady that has having an amazing impact around this place. And so you look at her now and you just think that, hey, that girl's got it all together. And so we're going to hear her story and she's going to tell you a little bit different. Welcome, Tara, if you would.
0: Hey everyone, my name is Tara Jones, and I'm married to Chase Jones. He's back there with the production team, and he is also on staff with young adults. Um, But you can usually find me in a women's Bible study or chasing around our two-year-old twins or our three-year-old. And um, I would just love to share a little bit of my story about how I grew up with skeptics, um, became a seeker, and am being transformed into a saint. Um, So I was born in Amman, Jordan, in the Middle East, and um, my dad was Palestinian and my mom was American. And when I was nine months old, my dad passed away from a heart attack. And within a month, my mom, who had lived there for 15 years, packed up my brothers, who were six and eight, and baby Tara, and flew us overseas back to Texas, and that's where we grew up. Um, So in kindergarten and first grade, my mom decided to enroll me in a private Christian school. And that's where I grasped Christianity 101, that Jesus died on a cross and that he loved to carry around small, precious baby sheep. And I really, really enjoyed that about him. Um, And so that was all I really knew. And then uh, my mom was a public school teacher. She still is. And instead of going to Christian school, I just ended up going to public school with her. And when we stopped going to Christian school, we also stopped going to church. So our weekends and our weeknights quickly filled up with my brother's extracurricular activities, their band concerts, and their hockey games. And even though we physically spent a ton of time together, relationally, we were far from friends. Uh, but I wanted to be around them so much. I was the classic younger sister, but I just craved their affirmation. I craved their acceptance and their approval um, and just wanted them to notice me and to like me. And I ended up just never really feeling like I was enough. I ended up using, building up all of that effort and wanting to be liked and that need for someone to notice me Um, And it ended up leading me to start drinking and trying drugs by the time I was 14. And right around that same time, I started going to a ministry called Young Life. And I was invited by some of my friends and it was there that I heard about Jesus again. And everything that I knew about him, I learned in kindergarten, that he had died on a cross and he liked baby sheep. But it was the first time that I really listened. I listened to the gospel and it was like I heard it for the first time. That not only did Jesus die on a cross for me, um, but he was the son of God and he came to earth so that he could live a perfect life and die a sinless death in my place so that I could be in a relationship with him and that he wanted to be in a relationship with me. And after hearing that, I wanted to know more about who he was. And so I started going to church. I started going to Bible studies. um, I started hanging out with my Young Life leader as much as I could. And I started trying to figure out what it looked like to read your Bible, which felt really hard at the time. (laughs) Sometimes still is. But uh, at the same time, I would go home and I would see my brothers. And they were not shy about their opinions about where I was going and how I was spending my time. And they would constantly tell me that I was being brainwashed um, at Young Life, that I, uh, my mind was weak enough, that they had targeted me as a convert, and that if I had any intelligence at all, that I uh, would know that faith in God was just a fallacy. And I still really wanted their approval and acceptance, and I still really wanted them to like me but I was starting to realize that I wanted to know God more. So about four years later, after seeking to understand who God really is and the truth about who the God of the Bible was, I finally accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I fully believed the truth that what the Bible said was true, that God loved me and he accepted me just as I was. And it still blows my mind that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that when God looks at me, He does not see my sin, but he sees the righteousness of His Son. I still have a picture or a painting that my young life leader gave me hanging in our house, and it has every single name that God is called, called in the Bible, and there's a lot of them. But my favorite four come from one verse in Isaiah 9:6, and it says this. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And since I was 18 years old, every single one of those names has proven true. He has been my Wonderful Counselor in the midst of depression and loss and uncertainty He is a mighty God, and I see that every time I reflect on creation or every time I reflect on the fact that he saved me and so many of my friends and family from a life enslaved to sin. I know him as my everlasting father, a father who will never die, never leave me, always take care of me, and promise to protect me. And he is also my prince of peace and he speaks hope into the lies and truth into the darkness i still wonder a lot about who my earthly dad was i still want to know more about his personality like i really feel like i could never know enough and i ask a lot of questions but I wanna know about his personality and his attributes and what parts of me were like him and all these things that I still wonder about. But I love that I don't have to wonder about the truth about who God is. I get to wonder about him and I love that. But I know that I have a Bible, you and I both do, that is full from cover to cover about a God who loves us and who sent his son to die for us and who sent his Holy Spirit to be with us so that we will never be alone. And I hope that this Christmas season, you will give yourself the chance to discover that same God that I got to know, um, because he really is Emmanuel, because he's God with us. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org You can also follow us on social at CityBridgeCC See you next time!